What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here. I'm so sorry about yesterday, folks. I, I wish that I had the podcast episode for you, uh, but my uh, my wife she smacked up the car. I had to go uh, take care of business yesterday and lost uh, my my time to record. And and I had to listen to a billion excuses as to how it wasn't her fault. Nevertheless, that's my problem. I'm so apologizing here for uh, for no episode yesterday. Uh, Adam, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Uh, this madness of an NBA play-in tournament. Yeah, obviously night one, not good at all. Indiana, Charlotte, which I didn't get to see one minute of, which I'm probably fortunate, uh, was a complete blowout. Indiana, even without Karis LeVert, who is in health and safety protocols and uh, obviously will not play against Washington tomorrow night. He was out, but they did get Malcolm Brogdon back. Uh, and Charlotte, like I said, they have been playing awful basketball down the stretch without Gordon Hayward, even though he was also playing awful down the stretch. But Indiana at home took care of business. I did watch the Washington uh, game against Boston. And, you know, I did think Washington would win that game. But, man, Jason Tatum put up 50. I mean, you know, it's tough to uh, account for that. You know, I knew Tatum would have a good game. I mean, I think his player prop was actually – I think it was 32 and a half points. So that goes to show you how he's been playing and with no Jalen Brown, but Washington just couldn't hit threes. They just did not look like they have been the last few weeks. Russell Westbrook might've been banged up or sick or something. I don't know. Uh, Bradley Beal obviously has been playing with a bad hammy. Um, so it was close for a little bit, but every time it felt like Boston was on the verge of, maybe letting Washington get back in the game. Washington couldn't take advantage. So it wasn't really competitive. And uh, we're recording as the first quarter comes to a conclusion in, in Memphis and the Grizzlies lead the Spurs 38-19. They doubled them up. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, listen, that's, you know, whatever. Bizarro basketball, um, you know, some 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 odd stuff there. But, I mean, listen, you know what, Boston, uh, they were, what, coming into into this, they were technically the – what, the eighth seed if, seven. They, if they didn't have the play-in tournament? Seven. Yeah, they were even the seven though, anyway. But they, they were five and ten in their last 15 games. Uh, right. And the Wizards were 17 and six in their last 23. So, uh, but Tatum just uh, couldn't miss. I mean, 50 points. Uh, it's a big-time performance. And Kemba Walker, who's played great. So, uh, and, you know, if the, if the Wizards don't get big games for Beal and Westbrook, they're in trouble. They don't have that depth. So, uh I, I still don't think Boston is a good team. Uh, I was one of my favorite bets this year before the preseason was the under 44 and a half wins for them. And I gave that out on wager alarm. Like I was just like, that is way too high. Like this team does not have the depth that they used to have. So uh, I don't see them beating Brooklyn. They might be, they might get one game. Okay. All right. So there you go. That's where we're at. That's going to be a, uh, you know, Good to see, you know, New York beat Boston again anyway. That's uh, how I roll anyway. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, talk to me here about the the Pacers. They put up 144 last night. Um, Pacers against Washington now, right? That's the uh, for the for the eighth seed. Yeah, that'll um, be Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. That game's in Washington. And I'm seeing here Washington's favored by three. The over under is 238 and a half. These ooh. teams met. Um, I know they met. Okay, so they met uh, about a week or so ago, two weeks, and Pacer of uh, the Wizards won one thirty three, one thirty two, and then they met a little while before that, and it was one fifty four, one forty one. T 
take because, over. Because the Wizards are first in pace this year, and the Pacers are first in pace since the beginning of April. I mean, the Pacers just played no defense since Miles Turner went down. So, man, I know it's like a playing game. I'm tempted to take the over, but I just want to want to see what's up with Beal, make sure Westbrook's good to go. But, yeah, I'll probably be looking at some, some bonus props. I know he crushed his rebounding prop. He's been crushing it. Washington's a terrible rebounding team. Uh, Sabonis uh, last night. Oh, how come is why don't they have the game log here for him? What did he do last night? What's his last game? Uh, but okay, here's three games versus Washington this year. Sabonis, 32.3 points, 14.3 rebounds, 9.3 assists. Shooting 61.3% from the field. <laughs> so yeah, the problem is those props are going to be so damn high. But I I might, it, look, if the rebound's around 11 and a half, 12 and a half, I might take the over. Okay. All right. Well, you guys can find all of this stuff. It's going to be all over wageralarm.com. So you'll be able to get Adam's full picks. And I mean, this game's not until Thursday anyway. So right. uh, another episode <clears throat> She's, oh no! Yeah, well, yeah. Well, by the time they hear it, they'll have they'll have time to still go over to wager long. The game's at eight p.m. Eastern, so as long as this comes out sometime in the afternoon, they're listening. Head on over to wageralarm.com and uh, it should be out. Yeah, this usually gets published around noon every day. Noon? Okay, yeah. My article should be up um, sometime between two and four p.m. Eastern. My guess. Beautiful. All right, something for you all to look forward to. Um, yeah, NBA playoffs. Here we go. Um, all right, so so what I want to talk about today, uh, I want to dive into fantasy baseball because we really didn't, we didn't get a chance to uh, to address any of it, obviously, the other day. So we'll do that now. Um, before we get into it, obviously, I want to just give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site you all need to be playing on. Here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyNightFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTEUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> All right, Adam. So let's let's talk a little baseball. There's a lot of stuff going on around MLB right now, and I mean, some of it's fantasy relevant, some of it's not fantasy relevant. So let's let's go with the fantasy relevant stuff first, and then I then we can go on the uh, on the on the big Tony Larusa old school unwritten rules rant 
uh, in a little bit. But Mike Trout, six to eight weeks now with a, um, you know, with a with a right calf strain. That's uh, that's devastating. You know, I didn't even I didn't even think about this to to what Jim Bowden had said to me earlier today about it. From a reality standpoint, um, you know, all of these records that Mike Trout should have been breaking, like all of a sudden now become in jeopardy because as he gets older, you know, the injuries are going to still keep cropping up on him more and more. So he worries about that. That's just from a reality standpoint. From a fantasy standpoint, Adam, you you can't replace Mike Trout. I mean, you, you can pick five guys up and barely, you know, come close to Trout's numbers. Yeah, it's very difficult. I do have him in two leagues. One is my home league. It's a keeper league where I kept him. And my offense has been terrible. Um, and this is a league I usually dominate. And I'm like many of my leagues, I'm being carried by my pitching. And uh, I keep hoping like I'm looking now. I have 25 and a half points in hitting and 65 and a half in pitching. Like my offense is just doing nothing. And I really needed and Trout's been good. Uh, but I needed him to continue with other guys stepping up. So it's a big loss. And I have him in the NFBC main event. And that's just devastating because there's no trades there. And I've already lost Eloy Jimenez, my third round pick for the season. And then last night I go check the standings and I'm in second place. I'm like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> but no, this 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 NFBC league that I'm in, and there's a, a, at least one NFBC Hall of Famer there, it's such a competitive league. And last night when the night ended, the top seven teams were separated by 11 and a half points. So it's really tight. And look, it sucks, but what are you going to do? You can't sit here and cry about it. It's beyond your control. And I kind of wrote about that a little bit in the intro today on the Ronus Bonus on Fantasy Alarm. Look, everyone is dealing with injuries. So you might look at your team like, oh, I have seven injuries, seven guys hurt, I'm out. No, everyone else. There might be one or two teams that maybe have a couple and they're getting lucky. But the way this is going, it's every day now guys are getting injured. So you just have to suck it up and move on. And it's difficult. If you're in a mono league, yeah, an AL only league, it's even worse. But there's nothing you can do. You just do the best you can, add players off the waiver wire, try and get guys before they break out, make trades if you're in a league with trades. But you can't give up. You can't quit. It's definitely deflating. But you just got to move on. There's nothing you can do. Injuries are a big part of the game, especially this season. And look, it might cost you a league. You might not win. But you can't give up. You can't just be like, oh, okay, it's over. Forget this team. I'm going to look at my others. No, just keep fighting it. Keep battling it out because so many teams are dealing with similar issues. And you might be able to still surpass them or maybe finish in the money. I mean, you're not going to win every league, especially if you get hit with a multitude of injuries. But, you know, to sit here and just cry about it every day, it does you no good. Just like anything in life, right? You know, those people, oh, I have such bad luck. This happened. No. Suck it up and move on because I truly believe in life, the mindset you have, that's how things are going to go for you. And I, I've, I've, I've shifted over the years. I used to be a pessimistic person. I used to be like, you know, if I expect the worst and it happens, I'll be prepared for it. But that's no way to live life. You know, and I, I see it in some people when I meet them and I'm like, oh, I could tell they're too negative and I don't want to deal with that. So just be positive. You're not going to win every league, obviously, but just do the best you can to fix the team moving forward. And if you don't win the league, it's okay, but at least you try. And at least you tried to patch the team together, but to sit here and just cry about it every day, it doesn't do you any good. It's not going to help. So just suck it up and move on. Yeah. And this is talking, uh, I this completely is agree. again, this is the NFBC main event. This is a big money league, you know? So, um, it, 
you know, I could sit here like, oh, this sucks. Hey, other guys are going to get injuries too. Um, and I'm just going to have to find the next bat, uh, hopefully off the waiver wire or, or, or play the matchups each week, maybe get a couple guys for a few bucks and, you know, hope things turn around. But I think everyone is dealing with it. Uh, again, there might be, cause I, I don't, I haven't looked in detail. I do labor a couple weeks ago. I looked at the first place team. Oh, he's got no injuries on offense. Okay. That's why he's in first. And you could, you can make that argument for me a little bit in tout. Like I'm in first and I, I have injuries now, but I, even though I wasn't in the lineup today for tout, Fernando Tatis came back um, and he went four for four, a homer, two RBIs and stolen base, not on my roster, uh, but hopefully <laughs> be, I'll get him back in for tomorrow. Cause in tout, you can do the midweek activation. The only, and I made a mistake. I should have just, I, I knew he was coming back today, but I wasn't 100% sure. And I was waiting for the lineup to come out. And there was a 1 p.m. Eastern game and the lineup wasn't out. So once that game passed, I couldn't activate him for today. And I should have just sucked it up and did it. But I'll get him back in tomorrow. So I got him back. I got Hosmer back. I do have Hicks and Moran, but those are not big. So, yeah, that's part of the reason why I'm having success is I haven't had a lot of injuries on the offensive side. At the same time, I drafted J.D. Martinez and Marcus. So I, it's both. I drafted good players, but... I haven't been hit with a ton of injuries. Part of the reason why I got those counting stats. So just keep that in mind that some teams are getting lucky with injuries now and it could even out and then you can move back up. Yeah. <clears throat> Listen, any, anything can happen. I, I haven't even looked to see. I don't even remember who had Mike Trout in uh, who's got Mike Trout in the um, in, in AL Tout. I'm going to have to kind of look through that because you know, in that one, I lost Eloy, I lost Trevor Rosenthal, I lost Framber Valdez. Um, there was somebody else who I lost. I can't remember who it was, but um, you know, it just uh, injuries just all over the place uh, for me. But you know, patched it up, made certain things work, spent my money wisely on uh, on waiver claims. Have some some you know, still some solid guys and. Uh, I'm listen. I'm I'm in uh, in third slash fourth place right now. Uh, Chris Liss is leading the way with 95 points. Uh, Colton and the Wolfman uh, 91. They're in second, and then it's me and Ryan Bloomfield from uh, from Baseball HQ. Um, and you know, I've got he's got 80.5. I've got 80 right now. Um, and then the next closest team to us is uh, is Rob Leibowitz with 69 points. So. You know, we like we 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 kind of got got ourselves a little separation from the rest of the pack here, and now Ryan and I uh, moving forward. So you know, this it, this does great, great you know good things for me. I spent uh, I spent a couple extra bucks on uh, on Taylor Wade from uh, or Taylor Ward from uh, from from the Angels, and I was really kind of expecting him to lose out on time because. You know, you, you had Trout, you had Upton, who's you know who was ready to 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 do some work, uh, and everybody's been talking about the possibility of bringing up Brandon Marsh. So I was kind of concerned. I was kind of worried about what was going to happen. This Trout injury kind of locks Ward into a, a a pretty good spot, especially with the way Marsh and um, and Joe Adele are. I, I'd say hitting or not hitting, really, um, down in the minors. So. Kind of helps me out here. I got to tell you, man, I, uh, I'm i pretty psyched about the way, you know, things things have rolled nicely for me so far, right? Andrew Vaughn locks the playing time in with the uh, with the injuries that they're dealing with on the White Sox. Leary Garcia 
Uh, he's seeing regular playing time here with the way the White Sox are, are going right now. Um, Ward, I just said, and, you know, listen, I, I got my boy, your mean Mercedes. Who's going to be ruined now, by the way, <clears throat> just so you know. Oh, yeah, I just lost Ty France in that league, too. He's on the I.L. But I'm getting back. I'm getting back Framber Valdez soon, and that's going to be huge, dude. I'm going to get back Framber Valdez and probably Marco Gonzalez. That's going to enable me to trade starting pitching for power, which is kind of what I need right now. Yeah, you just have to hang in there. Again, everyone's dealing with injuries. Again, some guys will get players back. Um, for as many injuries as occur every day, players will be returning as well. So, um, Kettle Marte was activated today. Uh, he's not in the lineup. I'm not sure why, but he is activated. So my guess is he'll be back tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, again, Tatis and Hosmer came back today. Uh, so there will be players coming back as well. There will be more getting hurt, but, uh, uh, and, <laughs> and the ground for some reason is making a rehab start on Thursday. And then probably be back with the Mets next week. So I took a risk in my two weekly leagues with Degrom. I put him in the lineup. I think it was the right call. I'm not. I'm not risking getting a Degrom start on my bench. If he's out there, I want him in my lineup. So I, I thought that was. I wasn't. I didn't think he'd go on a rehab start, but no, nah, for some reason they are. I don't get it. Uh, I think you should. If he's ready to go and he's ready to pitch, let him pitch in the majors. Why do we need a rehab start for? It's not like he's missed two months. Right. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it makes no sense for me either. I mean, unless, of course, they're just saying, you know what, we just want him to, you know, throw like two or three innings as hard, you know, as, as, as at full speed or whatever and, and just limit him to that much um, and then just, you know, take him out and save him for, uh, for that. And then, then maybe he doesn't, you know, when, when he gets called up, uh, it's not, you know, he, he's using it, the rehab start more to check health and then get him right back into the lineup again. You know, like he won't miss much time. It'll be considered like a throwing day or something like that. Yeah, I think there's hope for you, Adam. Yeah, I, I don't get it. They have all these injuries. Dude, I, I can't I can't believe the way that lineup looks now. And I give them credit, man. They, they really played passionate baseball on Monday and Tuesday to win those games in Atlanta. I mean, I tweeted out on Monday. I'm like, I can't believe that the Mets lineup is – the four, five, six is Pilar, VR, and Peraza. And then today, and then today Cam, Cameron Mabin is hitting third. A guy they just fucking acquired is hitting third. Yeah, but Mabin, he was he was the uh, he was the key piece coming back in the old Miguel Cabrera trade that sent Miggy from the Marlins to the uh, to the Tigers. And Cameron Mabin, this this he was a five tool can't miss prospect. Adam, five yeah. tool can't miss. Yeah, we, we've seen many of them over the years. So, um, look, uh, I just – I'm glad they got the two Ws. Uh, right now it's 1-1 in the fifth. And then I believe – is this – I think they have uh, – the isn't the Rockies coming in this weekend? Let me see. Um, oh, no. The Mets are in Miami this weekend. Okay. Ooh. Which is not – Never easy with that pitching staff. Boy, those are going to be some low-scoring games with the Mets offense and, and the Marlins offense. <laughs> are you kidding, dude? Jazz Chisholm is a one-man wrecking crew. Well, yeah, off the ground. He's the only player this year to have two home runs off pitches 100 miles per hour. There you go. There you go. Shout out for our friend Jazz Chisholm. All right. Well, <clears throat> so that's the stuff, you know, I mean – 
as far as um as far as replacing Mike Trout goes, um, you know, listen, you just work the waiver wire as best you can. Take a look and see if Brandon Marsh is available in your league. Um, if it's a shallower league, it, it's probably uh, probably going to be a, a, a you know he'll he'll get he'll he'll get called up. But what you got to do right now is focus on the categories that you think you're going to lack the most having lost Trout. So I mean, if you're going to pick up somebody, you know, I mean, look at the categories where you're most movable right now. You know, obviously, you know, you're, you 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 want to pick up home runs and RBI, but if there's an opportunity to pick up some stolen bases because you can move in that category, well, then then, then you want to try that out. But you just you're not going to find anybody who's going to match his production. So figure out where you think you can move and gain points the most and really target that and, and make sure that happens. At least that's that's my advice. You you have uh, different advice, same advice? Yeah, I mean, just uh, pick up someone that is playing every day on the way. Wait, why? I mean, Taylor Ward might be a guy. Um, David Dahl might be out there. He's playing mostly against righties, so um, really depends what's on, <clears throat> on your waiver line. It's going to be... De- different in every league depending on the depth of the league don't pick up somebody who sucks there you go that's my advice to you don't there pick you up go. somebody who sucks get good players get good players and good players will produce for you that's that's our motto um all right now the part that doesn't really affect fantasy but you know what though it kind of does and listen i get what the underlying metrics say about you know, your mean Mercedes and stuff, but come on, man. Your, your manager doesn't have your back. Your manager turns around and says that he's got no problem. Like, all right, you want to complain that you missed the, that that he that he ignored the sign or that he missed the sign. And you want to hang him out to dry for that? Sure, fine. But this whole like you don't swing at a 3-0 pitch because of the unwritten rules of baseball and that you're disrespecting the game. No, that's that's total bullshit there. And then to have them throw at your player and then you turn around and say, I've got no problem with what the Twins did. I, I got beef with that one there. And I got to tell you, man, Tony La Russa and his, uh, his old school mentality uh, can go suck ass on us because that's it, – it, it's pissing me off. Yeah, he's a clown, man. You can't – Throw your player under the bus like that. Even if you felt that way, keep it in-house. I mean, he's old school. He's old. I think this was a terrible hire. Even though the White Sox are playing good baseball and winning despite a lot of the injuries they had, they did win today. So they're 10 games above 500 at 26 and 16. But it's a joke, man. First of all, dude, they're putting a position player out there to fucking pitch, man. Like, and we're seeing it so much this year. So what do you want him to you do you want to take pitches all day and let him walk the bases loaded and shit? At some point you got to fucking swing the bat. Who cares? Yo, these are this is see this is I think this is where the line is where people are wrong. They look at it, oh it's bad sportsmanship. In a fucking high school game, sure, they're not pros. You got different levels. There might be a team that's really good and a shit team. This is professional athletes that are getting paid to do a job. So I don't care. You should swing. Because your stats are important, right? This is a guy that's fucking fighting for a job to stay in the lineup. You know, he came out of nowhere. So I have no problem with him doing it. And I would say it if it was my team. I I would be pissed at my fucking team for giving up 16 runs and falling behind like that. 
I wouldn't be mad at the opposition. So that bothered me. And then Larusa saying all this shit. And I love how the players were sticking up, man. I saw comments from Lance Lynn. I was like, that's right, man. Fuck that. Stick up for you guys. Let me see if I can find it. I know I uh, retweeted it last night, but I love what Lance Lynn said. Oh, here he goes. If a position player is on the mound, there are no rules. Let's get the damn game over with. And if you have a problem with whatever happened, then put a pitcher out there. He's fucking right. He is fucking right. And the fact that all these players come out and spoke kind of against La Russa, I thought was awesome. They spoke their piece. Um, well, that was, that, was, that was the interesting thing because I actually I asked Jim, uh, you know, did La Russa lose the locker room with that? And, uh, and, and Jim basically said uh, it's almost irrelevant. He said no. He said he, he didn't lose the locker room. But for the same token, he said from everything that he hears from people, because usually Jim gets to like go into the clubhouse and he usually gets to, you know, see what the vibe is. He said from everything that everybody has been saying to him who has been in the clubhouse uh, for the White Sox, this team is unified. This team is tight. Like Jose Abreu and, you know, is like taking all of the younger Latino ball players under his wing. And you've got Tim Anderson, who's like, you know, you know, like the, the the new one of the new faces of baseball in general, um, and you know the with with the way that they've got it all set up there, uh, according to to everybody that Jim talks to, the White Sox have the unity there where they can all be wearing like fuck Tony Larusa T-shirts underneath their uniforms together. He'll be the manager. They're going to win ball games, but it's based on the, what they're doing. It's not based on what Tony LaRusso do. Tony LaRusso, who can sit there and quote um, unwritten rules to uh, and, and and talk about respect for the game, but meanwhile he didn't know that you could uh, put a different player besides a pitcher up uh, yeah. running at, at second base during extra innings. So yeah, man, it's a joke, man. He's just he's it's a joke that the the stuff he has said and. You know, the game has changed, man. And like, what is all this unwritten rule bullshit? So stupid. And then, but it's, so LaRusso basically said, yeah, it's okay to throw out my player. Like, really? Are you fucking serious? Do you guys, did you not see what happened to Kevin Pillar on Monday night? Exactly. I know he was naming at his head, but still, you know, you try, you're, you're trying to throw at someone or behind him. What if you don't have pinpoint accuracy and you hit him in the head? Like, come on, man. It's so stupid. Yeah, ball could easily get away from you. Easily get away from you. Um, yeah. Thank goodness. Get hurt. But could you imagine they hit him and he got seriously hurt? What would Lurusa say then? Oh, well, good for him. He's got to learn a lesson. I'm glad he has a broken bone. Fuck you. Yeah. I am uh, I'm, I'm kind of beside myself on that. I'm really – I don't dig it. I definitely don't dig it. And, uh, you know, and, and you know, and here's, here's the funny thing. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Me, I've, I've been of the mindset. I have been of the mindset the entire time that, you know, I'm, I'm not a big proponent of the bat flips. When a guy starts, you know, when a guy's pimping a meaningless home run, you know, like teams losing eight to one and it's the, the top of the ninth inning and he hits a solo shot and he's got to do like a big crazy bat flip and then he's got to, you know, you know, Whatever, whatever his like shtick is, that to me, that's you know, 
That's just garbage. You know what, dude? You're losing. Just get go around the bases, let the next guy up, and maybe you build some momentum off of this, but there's no reason to pimp that home run. And so I'm against that kind of bravado, basically, when it's a meaningless situation. But all of this stuff right now with bad flips and pimping home runs and stuff like that, everything that I'm seeing with Trevor Bauer and Fernando Tatis, like that shit – that's what baseball should be using. Baseball should be embracing that. Baseball should be marketing themselves with these rivalries. And that's something that, you know, I said this to you when we started talking about the NFL schedule. You know, the NFL knows how to market itself. Baseball does not know how to fucking market itself. And you got a bunch of sweaty, gross, old fat men, right? And those are the guys who are, you know, who are, who are running the show. Those are the guys who are deciding – you know, how baseball is represented. I mean, it's, it's terrible. They're they're hemorrhaging, like, a fan base. Like, people don't watch the games anymore. People are down on baseball. And and we're going to sit there and, and still stay with this, like, old-school shit? And it's horrible. I, I mean, it really it bums me out a ton. And, uh, yeah, I'm just – we got to move on. We got to move on. It feels, though, like a lot of the players, though, are cool with it. When you see stuff happening, you know, I know Marcus Stroman's pretty vocal. Trevor Bauer's pretty vocal. But Bauer even said, he's like, hey, I have no problem with these guys. If you, you know, do something off me, sure, you're allowed to celebrate. Same thing like pitcher. Like, hey, if I do something, I pump my fist or whatever. I think you want to see that emotion in the game. I think where people lose the distinction is, they feel like, oh, you guys, that's poor sportsmanship. No, it's not. You're not directing it towards the other team. If you do a bat flip or if you look at your dugout, get them pumped up, that's not disrespecting the other team. You're getting your team pumped up. You're excited. Now, you know, I, I had a problem with what Jose Alvarado did with Dominic Smith. I don't know if you remember that. Like, he struck him out, and he started walking towards him. Dominic Smith was walking towards the dugout, and Alvarado was looking at him screaming and pumping his – arms and everything i'm like dude like now he was trying to show up dominic smith and they had a little bit of a beef earlier in the season and i thought that was wrong because he was trying to show him up and he was and i'm not saying it just as a mets fan i I don't know if you agree or not even amir garrett some of his shit towards the other team you can do that stuff and be emotional and be pumped up but don't rub it in the other team's face and direct it at them correct correct and that was that was again that was the great thing like what you watch Trevor Bauer's videos, right? Not yeah. not all of them, no. But I oh, see his comments. He broke he broke down the celebrations um, that Tatis was doing against him, and he's like he's like doing freeze frame, and he's pointing stuff out, um, and you know he's like you know this is this is where he he turned around and covered his eye. Uh, you know, and he was talking about, you know, pointing it towards the dugout. And then he was commenting on the uh, the backward sidestepping that that Tatis was doing, talking about his, you know, his agility, stuff like that. Then when he was talking about when he crossed home plate and he was doing the uh, the Conor McGregor strut that um, mm-hmm. that Bauer does. Right. And then and, and Bauer was like. You know, you just kind of you wiggled your arms a little bit. You didn't really you didn't go. You didn't you didn't fully commit to the move. You didn't commit to the to the to the swagger and and was like dogging him, you know, based on, you know, just his celebrations. And that shit's funny. That shit's funny. And that's, you know, like that's how it should be. And Bauer even said it flat out. I am not going to put a, a, 
ball into somebody's ribs for celebrating a, a home run that they hit off of me. I'm going to come back and I'm going to try and strike them out the next time. That's that's the revenge. And yeah, I mean, we're we're, <laughs> we're really at the point. And I got to tell you, I love the fact, like you said, I love the fact that the the rest of the White Sox are like, they're basically like, fuck La Russa. He's an old fart. And, uh, and we're just going to keep doing our thing. We're winning games. And that's what's most important. Yeah, and like you said, uh, it doesn't seem like uh, he. Uh, and I'm gonna trust Jim Bowden on this. What he said about the clubhouse, and it feels that way, right? And yeah. you know what? I like that because I feel like too many. We 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 find this in sports too much now. Oh, blame the coach, blame the manager. It's more on the players, man. You're accountable. I know you. Some we, we've been there. We've been at, at places we work, and maybe the um, management up top isn't great. And I guess it could lead to bad morale, but at some point, you know what, take pride in what you do and put that out. Don't always blame the manager and the coach. And that seems like what the white Sox are doing. They might not like La Russa, but you know what? Fuck it. We got a job to do. We're paid to do something. We want to win. We'll deal with him. We'll just tune him out. And that seems like what they're kind of doing and good for them. Yeah, I agree. Good for them. Uh, that makes me happy. Uh, no doubt about it. So I just want to kind of weigh in on that. I mean, you know, I've, I've got multiple avenues to rant. This is the, this is the only one where I can like, you know, I, I can go with the R-rated language. I can drop the couple of f bombs in there and talk about what kind of fucking moron Tony Larusa is. But you know, in any event, so all right. When well, they hired him, man. What's that? I was stunned when they hired him. I'm like, really? That's the guy you're gonna hire? Yeah, it was really. I I I, I didn't like it either. I didn't like it either. You know, and, and you know, and, and I, Jim and I went back and forth about it a little bit because I mean, he 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 knows Tony and, and right. you know, they're 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 friends through the game and stuff like that. Um, but Jim said originally, he said the White Sox should have brought in either Alex Cora or AJ Hinch, one of those guys who was you know banned for the year, um, and bring one of those guys in because they're great managers and they're they're up and coming. Um, he said, but he did support the Tony LaRusa move when they did bring him in because Tony's got a winning track record. So, you know, I mean, I, I think Jim kind of passed the buck more towards Jerry Reinsdorf, who, you know, is fucking 70 some odd years old. And he's, you know, going to bring in he's he's an old school guy and he's going to bring in an old school guy. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to bring in some innovative you know, stat crunching kind of matchup play. He's not going to bring you a Kevin Cash, right? He's going to bring you he's, – he's going to, like, try and, like, lure the ghost of Billy Martin out there. Yeah, I, I see that. It's worked out so far as far as record, but, you know, let's see what happens the rest of the year. We will see. We will see. It's going to be a fun ride, but – Oh baby, I listen. I've I've got a lot of White Sox on that Tout AL team, so I need that to happen. I definitely need that to happen. If Tony Larusa ruined uh, my boy your mean Mercedes confidence, though, I'm gonna. Well, I tell you, Adam, I'm I'm gonna give him a piece of my mind. I know you will. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us here, on the Andy Up Podcast. Big thanks as always for liking and subscribing. Adam, any words of wisdom as we depart for the evening? Um, no, but remember that basketball game where you're like, oh, my God, what's going on? It is a, a game now. It's 56-49 at the half, Grizzlies lead. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, his rebound prop was 14 and a half rebounds. 
He has 15 in the first half. I gave out his points prop over 18 and a half. He has 16. So I'm not going to say it's going to cash because I've been in this situation before. Yeah, you have. <laughs> so <laughs> at least you'd be like, hey, your process was right. Uh, but yeah, let's hope he cashes that and uh, we get a good second half uh, before the Warriors-Lakers primetime matchup on Wednesday night. There it is. There it is. That's going to do it for us. Uh, for Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. This has been the Anti-Up Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.